0: Hi again everybody, I'm Dan Horde and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The, it's a new day, it's a new day, edition, as the Bengals beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh for the first time in six years, giving them two straight wins against the Steelers for the first time in eight years. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays from the win, post-game comments from players and coaches and analysis from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Facts segment, you'll get to know newcomer Trey Hendrickson, who is obviously a great athlete, but he might just pale in comparison to his wife. The details are coming up. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing. On iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since. The Chicken Parm Sandwich at the Bread Bar. I have a new contender for Cincinnati's best sandwich, the Chicken Parm, at a cafe called the Bread Bar on Gilbert Ave in Walnut Hills. It's gigantic, it's delicious, the sauce has a slightly spicy kick, and it's served on freshly baked bread. What's not to love? They're only open from 10 to 2, so try one for lunch. You just might see me there. Now, let's get to Sunday's win. Last week in Chicago, Joe Burrow had three straight passes intercepted by the Bears. On Sunday in Pittsburgh... It happened again on the Bengals' second drive. Burrow ready for the gun snap, clapping his hands furiously. Hopkins fires it back. Burrow with time. Whistles a fastball oh. over the middle. Uh-oh. And it is deflected and intercepted at the 29-yard line. The Steelers are running it back to the 40, to the 44. The tackle made there. Terrell Edmonds. Coming up with the ricochet for the interception for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: That is the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers' first interception of the season.
0: But less than a minute later, the Bengals took the ball right back. Roethlisberger hit. Nice, the get ball it. is intercepted nice. at the 40-yard line. Nice. The Bengals will take over at the Steelers' 41. Sam Hubbard put the hit on Ben Roethlisberger. And Logan Wilson made a one-handed, juggling interception before going to the ground. He'll give the ball to the Bengals in Steelers territory officially at the 42-yard line. And six plays later, the Bengals were in the end zone. Throw in the gun on third down and two. He catches the snap. He's looking. He throws. It's caught. Tyler Boyd at the 10 for the first down. Blakes a tackle to the five, to the goal line touchdown Bengals Tyler Boyd pinballing off tacklers and taking it in for the 17 yard score perfect description Boyd of course grew up in the Pittsburgh area before starring at Pitt here's Joe Burrow on TB's TD he catches something underneath and he goes and tries to run somebody over that's kind of guy he is I think that's part of of being from Appalachia you know being that being in that area Pittsburgh tough you know it's TB's A really, really good player that I'm excited to play with. The Bengals took a 7-0 lead to the second quarter, but with 9.5 minutes left in the half, Ben Roethlisberger went to work, leading the Steelers on a 15-play, 86-yard drive that took more than eight minutes off the clock. Three receivers right, one out to the left. Ben has the ball, rolls right, passes into traffic. Friar extends the ball. Touchdown, Pittsburgh! Well, that's a gut punch to score with a little over a minute to go in the first half. The shuffle pass touchdown to tight end Pat Fryermuth made it 7 7 with 1.04 to go. According to the Athletics' Jay Morrison, that's the 25th time in the last 30 meetings that the Steelers have scored in the final two minutes of the first half against Cincinnati. But it took just three plays for Burrow to answer. Joe in the gun, catches the snap, fakes to P. Ryan, throws it high and deep down the left sideline. Chase has it in the end zone. Touchdown. Bengals. What a throw by Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, who extended his arms and reeled it in for the 34-yard score. Unbelievable. More specifically, the catch was unbelievable as Chase hauled it in by the back half of the ball. And get this, Jamar became the first player in the Super Bowl era to have a touchdown catch of 30 or more yards in each of his first three NFL games. It was a hell of a throw by Joe, you know what I'm saying? Uh, He led me out forward, um, not behind, not a jump ball, but, you know, in front of me, that's really what a receiver wants. Um, And to make an extended catch like I did, perfect timing. So that was a great throw by Joe. It gave the Bengals a 14-7 halftime lead, and they started the third quarter with a 10-play drive That ended with a 43-yard field goal by Evan McPherson to make it 17-7. Here's Zach Taylor. That's how we want to play. We want to dominate the end of the half and come out strong to start the third quarter, put you in a great position than to play how we know we got to play on the road. The Steelers had to play catch-up. In the second half, Pittsburgh's offense consisted of 37 passes and only three runs. Big Ben has the ball, fakes to the right running toward the middle of the field he throws nice. intercepted there's a penalty flag down logan wilson not tackled not at the 19 yard line big ben face down on the grass right now now getting to his knees and to his feet will the interception stand holding,
2: holding. Offense. yes number 53 yes that penalty's declined as all those plays are first down cincinnati logan wilson's
1: third interception Logan Wilson will be leading the National Football League in interceptions. I mean, unbelievable.
0: Logan Wilson had 10 interceptions at Wyoming. He has five in 19 NFL games. That's incredible stuff for a linebacker.
3: I credit a lot of that to not really playing linebacker until I got to the college level. Truthfully, um, you know, I was I was a slot receiver. I was a defensive back, so I was always, you know, I kind of um, developed my my ball skills, you know, as I was growing up and. Um, and then, and then back to the whole thing about running to the ball. If you're always running to the ball, you're always going to have a chance to make plays on the ball. Maybe whether that's trying to get a strip or someone else strips it and you're able to fall on it and recover it. Um, that's just one thing I've always prided myself on and I
0: will continue to do so. He appears to be a great third-round pick and has a fan in last year's first-round pick. I mean, he's playing at an elite level. and he's, he's a guy that you love to have on your team and you would hate to play against. You know, when he's in zone coverage, he reads quarterback size better than anybody. And not only does he do that, but then he makes plays on the ball. Wilson's second INT put the Bengals in the red zone and led to Burrow's third touchdown pass of the game. Burrow in the gun with Nixon to his left. A two-by-two formation for Cincinnati. Burrow back to pass. Standing, looking, fires over the middle. Caught for the touchdown! Jamar Chase! With his second touchdown catch of the game, his fourth in three NFL games, he beat Joe Hayden, and the Bengals increased their lead.
1: That was the best pass protection I've seen this year out of the offensive line. Every single pass rusher from the Steelers was wired and wired
0: shut. The pass protection was so good that Chase was actually Burrow's fifth read on that play. That's what I said to the O-line like I got I was able to get to my fifth read and that's all because of you guys and in this league when you can get to your fifth read your fifth read is almost always open and so that's that's all on the O-line. It was 24-7 Bengals midway through the third quarter that's the most points they've scored at Heinz Field since 2006 and if that wasn't a rarity Consider this. This will be a 42-yard field goal for Chris Boswell. Once in my life, I would like to see him miss a kick against the Cincinnati Bengals. His kick is up, and it is
2: no good. You called it.
0: Jinx. Boswell (laughs) has missed a kick at last against the Cincinnati Bengals. He was 58 for 58 between field goals and PATs, and the Jinx worked
1: it did it's about time Dan it's my life time. is
0: complete <laughs> Boswell did make a short field goal in the fourth quarter to cut the lead to 14 but that was as close as Big Ben and the Steelers would get he's back to throw against a four-man rush Cox, the arm throws oh. dropped by Najee Harris how again that?
1: how about that
0: and that is coffin nails bam 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 the final score Cincinnati 24 Pittsburgh 10. Here are Trey Hendrickson, Logan Wilson, and Zach Taylor on a huge road win. You know,
3: we uh, bounced back with a lot of heart. I think uh, fighting back from the, the tough loss last week, and I you know these guys are hungry, resilient, um, and we're a tight-knit group, and that's something that's really special in this league. We always believed in each other with the, the team that we have right now, that we could do something like this. It was just a matter of putting it together together. Um, and getting a win on a, in a hostile environment in Pittsburgh um, against a great team, um, so it was, it's big for us.
0: This is something we needed, but it's just a small step in our journey for the rest of the season. You know, We expect to be on the road, win divisional games, uh, to achieve all the things that we talk about internally as a team, this is something that's necessary. And, and it's, it's, it is a big win, but we got to turn around. We play on Thursday night, you know, so these guys got to turn around and get focused right now. On the stat sheet, Joe Mixon ran for 90 yards on 18 carries and Burrow was 14 for 18 for 172 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, and a passer rating of 122.9. But the most significant stat was zero. In fact, two zeros under sacks and quarterback hits for Pittsburgh the Bengals' much-maligned offensive line ended the Steelers' NFL record streak of 75 games with at least one sack. Dave Lapham talked to offensive line coach Frank Pollock after the game.
1: Coach, uh, Steelers had a record, NFL record, 75 straight games with a quarterback sack. Today, zilch, zippo, nada, (laughs) Squadouche. no sacks. How's it feel?
2: Well, it's... It's an ultimate team game, and and the, the line fought hard, the backs fought hard, the tight ends fought hard, the, the receivers are running to get open, the quarterback knows where to go with the ball. It's the ultimate team game. It's an ultimate uh, team accomplishment. There,
1: you know, you had such balance that Joe Burrow goes 14 for 18, three touchdown passes. Joe Mixon 17 carries, 91 yards. When you when you're balanced like
2: that, even even really good defensive teams, you know, they're they're on their heels, aren't they? Yeah, Zach called a great game. Um, it was it was fun to be on the sidelines w- with him and, and interacting with him. And uh, called a great game. He was into it. They, they were giving us some uh, challenges having to adjust, first versus base versus 11 personnel, and he was all over it, getting us to the right stuff. And uh, the players went out there and executed. They have the hard job, and they did an excellent job executing. And unfortunately, we even had a couple of penalties that uh, cost us some other good runs, unfortunately. But... Uh, the team played hard. It's against the ultimate team game. The defense put us in great positions, and it was a lot of fun to be a part of. You had a rookie with his first NFL start
1: in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Jackson Carmen held his own in there. He held his
2: own, and he showed me that, that, that he can get a little you-know-what in his neck gotcha. when he needs to. Yeah, gotcha. You know I mean, so that, that showed his teammates what he's all about in this environment. He, he, he stood up to it and did an outstanding job. I'm really proud of him. He's been working really hard.
1: How about Riley Reef? He came back into the football game, just kind of turned the ankle a little bit. How, did that
2: scare you a little bit? A, a little bit, but uh, he's old school, man. You know, spit on it, put yep. some tape, and go out there and play, right? He's from <laughs> your era, man. It's good stuff. I hear that, coach. So two and one record. You're in a uh, you're in a, a, a tie for first place in the in the division after two after three games. It's week three. I could care less. When any of that stuff is, all we know is we got a game on Thursday. That's all we're looking forward to is, uh, you know, the next, the next, the next challenge. So none of that other stuff matters. You know, we don't control that other stuff. We just control what we got next, and that's Jacksonville.
1: And final question:
2: Jacksonville short week, and that, that that's got to be hell on the coaching staff. I mean, how
1: how do you prepare for an NFL team that you don't play all that often? Such a short period of time. I mean, you guys, there's not enough hours in the day, is there?
2: It's, it's hell on the players. Who cares about the coaches? We, we got the easy job. The players got the hard job. So that's, uh, we got to get them rested up, and Zach does always a great job with them and, and takes care of them so they can play at their best. So appreciate you, coach. Appreciate you. Thank you. Offensive line coach Frank Pollock.
0: So the Bengals host Urban Myers, Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday Night Football. The Jags are 0 3 after a 31 19 loss to the Cardinals on Sunday. And will bring an 18-game losing streak to Paul Brown Stadium. Now, time for post-game analysis with Lab. After losing 11 straight to the Steelers, the Bengals have now won two in a row, going back to their win on Monday Night Football last year. What did you think were some of the biggest keys to this win? I thought the uh, the line of scrimmage. You know, we we talked about, you know, which
1: offensive line was going to get enough of a running game established where they could protect the quarterback and balance their game out a little bit and. I thought that, uh, you know, they, they really stuffed Najee Harris in the running game and turned him into a, another wideout, basically, in the short intermediate passing game that Ben is throwing 60 times a game, it seems like, these days. And, you know, Joe Mixon, the rush over 90 yards, and then, you know, Joe Burrow kind of uh, compartmentalizing after the interception and being as efficient as he was, you know, was was ball game And I thought, you know, for the offensive line to pitch a, a shutout, against the Pittsburgh Steelers who had a sack in 75 straight games. An NFL record is is uh, is really good. And and again, it's not just the offensive line. Joe had a lot to do with that and everybody. It's a team sport. I talked to Frank Pollock after the game, and he was uh, quick
0: to point that out. A lot of things uh, a lot of things happen for them not to give up a sack. That's big, though. I mean, for those guys who have been so maligned for several years now to be the team that ends that streak, even if it was only 18 attempts, who cares? That's a great point of pride for those guys. There's no doubt. And, uh, you know, that's,
1: <laughs> that's almost how you, the fact that you're able to run the ball well, the fact that the defense shut, the, shut it down, that's what he means. There's a lot of components to, to being able to pitch the up, But the fact is, there's no asterisks there. I mean, they, they stopped the streak. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And football, it's one of the reasons I
0: love it so much. It's the ultimate team sport. And, um, you know, wins like this, show that, really. You know, it's probably even more telling than the fact that they did not give up a sack. You asked Joe Burrow a question in the post-game news conference that elicited a tremendous answer. What was your read on the touchdown pass, the second touchdown pass to Jamar Chase? That was read number five. He went through his options. He's covered, he's covered, he's covered, he's covered. He gets to the fifth read and throws a touchdown pass. That's great blocking. It is. And and Jamar Chase, I talked to him in the locker room, uh, he said the same thing.
1: Because I was backside, I was the last guy. And, uh, and he said, you know, Joe, Joe came back to me. I'm like, well, you know, this is, a, this is an opportunity here. So, yeah, I think once they get locked in, you know, and people are going to, you know, poo-poo a lot of things. Ah, there was no what. There was no this, no that. Bottom line, that's life in the National Football League. And, and honestly, Frank uh, Pollack made mention of it. Zach made mention of it the pittsburgh steelers because of the injuries they were running different personnel groupings and things they hadn't done they had to go back you know in their memory banks like over that 10 game period last year and in you know the first couple of games this year to get the adjustments
0: that they needed to make and and get them done and they did it well enough to win by two scores how about jamar chase targeted five times four catches 65 yards two touchdowns this week including a 34 yarder third player in the history of the National Football League to have three touchdown catches of 25 or more yards in his first three games. I jokingly said on the broadcast, I apologize on behalf of all members of Team Sewell who thought it would have been better to take the offensive lineman." He has provided exactly what this offense needed. He really has. I mean, when there's man coverage on the outside,
1: it's, it's, it's curtains, it's coffin nails. And to make the catch he made, I mean, he made a catch that uh, I'd only seen Isaac Curtis do, catch the back half of the football. When you're a speed guy like that, to be able to focus and concentrate enough, these guys, when they run, their head is so still. You know, their head's not bouncing around. If they can track the ball when they're running at such an extreme speed, it's remarkable. And, and to catch the back half of the football like that, you know, when you have a defender you're worried about, you're running up the field, I mean, it's it's, it's remarkable the play he made. I thought his hands weren't good. Yeah, what happened to what, what happened
0: to Stone Hands, man? That's a uh, that's urban urban myth now. So I don't want to make too much of a big deal out of this. It's week three. The Bengals are two and one. The Steelers are one and two. But are we cha- seeing a change of the guard in the rivalry? The Bengals have the great young quarterback in Joe Burrow. Ben Roethlisberger appears to be you know running out of gas at 39 in his 18th season. What do you think? Are we seeing a change of the a changing of the guard in this rivalry? I think I think it, it's it's potentially the case. I mean,
1: you know, you're right. Um, ben is uh, you know Ben's putting out on 18, and, and Joe Burrow just he's finishing maybe the second hole. I mean, he's just starting out on his. And you look at it, the Bengals defense is closing in on what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing in terms of. You no, know, I mean it's totally different structure and scheme and all that sort of thing but personnel they get some playmakers you know both teams do and the Bengals are a lot closer to where Pittsburgh's been at such a high level for for so many years and they're both trying to get their offensive lines right I mean there's a lot of things these teams are very similar and I think right now it's it's uh, it's hit that point where on the curve they're both
0: they're, now one is ascending and the other one's declining all right we all like to be a fly on the wall of places that we can't go you are one of three people that's allowed into the locker room after the game in order to do your post-game interviews. What was the atmosphere like after winning in Pittsburgh today?
1: Well, by the time I was let in there, it was all pretty much, uh, you know, calmed down. It was, it was excited, though. We could, we could listen in and, and hear from the doorway, and guys were obviously pumped up about it, and rightfully so. Um, when I got there, though, guys were, you know, in different places, the shower or the training room, whatever the case may be. But everybody had that, uh, that quiet look of satisfaction, you know, I mean, for that deal of, I remember what it was like to come here and win and that, uh, that feeling of uh, feeling of satisfaction, there's, none, there's nothing like it. It's uh, like Tiger Johnson, I said many times, do this as long as you can, you'll never find another job like it. Tiger was right as usual.
0: Here's a quick invitation to join Lapp and me for the Bengals game plan show on Wednesday night from 6 to 8. We'll be at the Holy Grail Banks across from Great American Ballpark and our guests will include Ken Anderson, the night before he enters the Bengals Ring of Honor. We'll have a bunch of giveaways as well so we hope you can join us Wednesday night from 6 to 8. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. It's light and refreshing with a hint of fruit flavor. Now time for this week's fun fact segment where you get to know the person under the pads time for some fun facts with bengal defensive end trey hendrickson from orlando florida according to your dad when you were four or five you told him you were going to be a professional football player i doubt you remember that conversation but was this your dream for as long as you can remember
3: yeah i mean playing football and competing at a high level has always been a dream of mine and uh, aspiration that my parents have obviously fueled me through the entire uh, journey so it's it's uh
0: it's been a blessing and a journey and I'm, I'm happy to be here were you one of those kids who was basically good at every sport you played
3: um i was i was gifted in some ways just uh height and strength and then you know wanting it you know a lot of high schoolers in that aspect don't necessarily want it so uh you know that's one thing i could i could say is uh hard work works you know and um that was something my my dad again instilled in me and uh hard work on the basketball court lacrosse field baseball and football it was just uh it was fun
0: it sounds like at least as a kid you didn't take losing well guilty as charged
3: yeah I, I didn't uh I didn't like losing to my dad a lot you know he was he's was always he, you know he wanted it so that when I beat him you know I would know I actually beat him so there was no free rides for sure so it was uh, it was great we're
0: talking to Trey Hendrickson. Did you push your dad's car down the street as uh, youthful workouts?
3: Yeah, that was out of the uh, yeah, that was the old book on my dad's you know um, workouts and stuff. So yeah, he had an old five zero Mustang that he put in neutral, and I had to get behind it, and you know he tap the brakes a couple times, you know, to see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just great, you know, the environment I was uh, raised in. My brother was extremely competitive too, so if it wasn't, you know. Playing sports, video games, something—we were always competing as a family. So it's—it's it's really special.
0: So we've talked about your dad a bit. Let's talk about your mom for a moment, because I know you were homeschooled when you were really young. How tough was she as a teacher?
3: She was a great teacher, uh, but she held that accountability of getting your job done. And uh, she's a strong woman in faith, and I a lot of that um, that you hopefully see in me is from her and i was uh, you know raised in a very good home so i mean being my mom being my teacher and showing me how to do things was just absolutely great
0: you played high school football at apopka high school not far from orlando you were a defensive lineman as a sophomore and a junior and then your senior year the team needed offense you played tight end you were very successful seven touchdown catches state championship team but when it came time to go to college, you wanted to go back to hitting people, right?
3: Yeah, it's a you know it's different uh, environment. Rushing the passer, you know you can affect the play every time. You know you can make a tackle assist. You know on defense, you can be in the play every time. If you're running a route and the quarterback doesn't even look your way, that's a completely different game to me. So I wanted to be a part of something special and play defense. And uh, FAU gave me an opportunity, and it was uh, the rest is history.
0: Is the biggest key to sacking the quarterback physical ability or smarts?
3: Um, at this level, you have to have more than uh, just physical ability. I feel like everybody's gifted in some ways, uh, so it's a little bit of a chess match. So you know, it's uh, you're always setting it up. I think Dwight Freeney put it best: "is like you know, you gotta have three moves that look the same." So it's it's definitely um, it comes with some growth and experience and being around guys like cam jordan only helped me and my journey personally so
0: we're doing fun facts with trey hendrickson you attended florida atlantic you set the school record for sacks you were the conference usa defensive player of the year as a senior what was the best part of your four years at florida atlantic
3: uh, being under guys like um you know charlie partridge uh coach Jamison, and uh coach rock Bellatoni, those are guys that you know knew football told me what to look at and obviously i they were uh molding me for the next level so it wasn't just um the next week you know if it was rice or middle tennessee it was knowing that guys are going to be bigger and stronger
0: and uh getting ready for that tell me about the diet you followed going into your senior year
3: yeah it was a lot of calories. It was definitely different um focusing on your body. That was another thing my strength coach Chuck Loby got um me into is that you know that's another element of the game that you can take advantage of that others might not be so that was something that uh you know how bad do you want it kind of thing, and it's just a lot of calories <laughs> so you know I had to want it. <laughs>
0: We're doing Fun Facts with Trey Hendrickson. You are a third-round pick by the Saints in 2017. Describe your draft experience.
3: Um, getting drafted, I was fortunate and um, blessed to be a part of the Combine where I got to see all of the uh, competition at the end position and stuff like that. So uh, I was also blessed to be uh, in the East-West Shrine game. that gave me an opportunity to show uh, what I can do on the football field as well. So... Going into the draft, I really didn't know. I never really looked at potent, potential picks and where I'd want to go because you never know. But I I can definitely say I didn't know I was going to New Orleans. So it was uh, it was a special
0: experience and it was a great place and uh, it definitely molded me into the man I am today. You spent four years in New Orleans, culminating with a tremendous season individually last year. Thirteen and a half sacks tied for second best in the NFL. What went right? Was it a matter of staying healthy? Was it the experience that you had garnered in the NFL? What led to that huge season?
3: Well, um, it was my opportunity to start for the first time in the NFL. So uh, there's a huge opportunity there. Um, that offseason, I got married to Elisa, and she was special. And, and how she helped me off the field and through faith is, was a very strong thing. So I think uh, in, in Galatians 6, 9, it says, in proper time, you'll reap a harvest. So I have no doubt that that was my time and um, my opportunity, and I took advantage of it. And the rest is history. I was
0: going to save Elisa for later, but since you mentioned her, let's get to that. You've accomplished a lot in life, but I'm not sure you measure up to your wife. Tell us about her background and her accomplishments.
3: Alisa, besides being a beautiful woman, she's uh, excelled in fencing. She's a state championship fencer. She's a state championship figure skater. Uh, she's impressive academically. She's finishing up her doctorate in uh, pharmacy up in up in nashville and it's uh you know she's just tremendous and what she does in discipline and the way she was raised and you know like i was going back and saying how how bad do you want it um it's not something that you can just punch a clock and be here uh it's off the field too and she helped align me with that and but she's done it herself her whole life being an athlete herself and
0: obviously i don't want to fence her so (laughs) she's great I know the U.S. had a gold medalist in fencing in the Olympics this year. I think that was the first time. Did you follow that at all because of her background in it?
3: Oh, yeah. We watched the tournament, and it was any time the United States is uh, going for a medal. But being uh, fencing and we haven't done it
0: before was something special, and uh, that was something that we were glad to watch. So you became a free agent this past off season, and some players, understandably, they want to go to a team that was on the brink of going to the Super Bowl the year before, or maybe even went. You seem to take the opposite approach, where you wanted to be part of a franchise that needed somebody like you to help in the rebuild.
3: Well, I love to win, and I, um, in New Orleans, uh, I learned how to win, and there are a lot of things that uh, You can see from there, I I saw here, they're just a a couple pieces away. And and Cincinnati is special because of the the culture they've had and all the things that they – and they've been so close in the past, you know. uh, But something like they haven't won a playoff game since 1990, you know, those are the things that kind of get me fired up because if you're a piece that makes this culture change, that's that's truly special, and I I feel – strong calling to be you know part of something special like that and that's why
0: it was a no-brainer to bring my family to Cincinnati all right a few wild card categories to wrap things up do you have a hidden talent uh hidden talent
3: uh I'm not too sure (laughs) I can't sing and uh, you know there's not a lot a lot of craziness but uh not really
0: (laughs) I'll have to check with Elise on that one maybe she'll know what your hidden talent is is there anything you like to splurge on
3: My wife and I can get into a little bit of a movie rut where we're just watching
0: movie after movie and rewatching things. So I think uh, I splurge on watching movies here and there. All right, this is always a tough one. If you could meet anybody in history, athlete, statesman, actor, whatever it might be, who would that person be?
3: You know, I've always had a – I would like to meet Muhammad Ali to know kind of how – how he mentally got after his opponents, and also physically. I feel like he was uh, truly special in the boxing ring, and uh, I'd love to have a conversation with him. I'm right there with you.
0: Muhammad Ali would be very high on my list. You are off the hot seat. I appreciate your time. Best of luck this season. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.